0: NetSuite is the number 1 cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com/earnings right now. netsuite.com/earnings.
1: Welding instructor Alex Declaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills Since the second week of his administration, President Donald Trump has been fighting in the courts over his travel bans, losing at each stage for the original and revised travel bans. Now, less than five months later, Trump's attempt to reinstate his revised travel ban is before the highest court in the land. Here to sort out just what the Supreme Court is being asked to do and what it is expected to do is Greg Storr, Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter and Bloomberg Law co-host. So Greg, what is the court being asked to do?
0: Hi, June. Uh, The court's being asked to do basically two things. So first, the Trump administration has has asked the court to hear uh, their appeals and uh, with arguments scheduled when the court comes back in October, comes back from its summer recess. And the administration's also asking them to let the travel ban take effect in the interim, seeking to stay the lower court rulings that have blocked the travel ban.
1: So explain the two main legal arguments before the court.
0: Yeah. So if they if they get to the merits of the case, if they agree to to, to hear the the, the case. Uh, th- the two lower courts, two appeals courts that have dealt with this issue have, have blocked the travel ban on two different grounds. One of them is constitutional. The, the court, the, the Fourth Circuit uh, based in Richmond, Virginia, has said that uh, the real purpose of this ban was not national security, but actually to discriminate against Muslims. And that, the court said, is something the president cannot do. The other appeals court, the Ninth Circuit based in San Francisco, said we don't have to reach that question, but we we read federal immigration law as not giving the president the authority to do what he's done here without uh, the kind of specific findings that he did not include in the executive order.
1: So, as you well know, uh, the court will be ending its term next week. Will the justices act on this beforehand?
0: Uh, that, that is certainly the expectation. The briefing is all, is all finished now, and it's all set up for the court to do something on this before they leave for the, for the summer, uh, and probably that will mean acting on both, both the stay request, which is generally an emergency matter that you expect them to act, qu- act on quickly, and the, the, what's known as the cert petition, the bid for, for, for review, uh, because the court ordered the briefing to happen more quickly than usual on that. It's all set up for them, them to do something on that before they leave.
1: Is this bound to be a divisive fight among the justices or might they actually agree?
0: it's certainly possible that it will not be a divisive fight. I mean, you have to imagine that on those underlying questions about uh, whether the president has power to do this, whether courts can second-guess the president's national security determinations by saying the real motive is religious discrimination. On those big issues, I'm sure the court is divided. But there might be ways to get around that. The the stay applications uh, don't necessarily force the court to, to grapple with those issues on the merits. And... Uh, uh, there might be a way, and, and because of the temporary nature of this ban, there is a potential the whole case at some point could basically go away without the court having to rule on it. So there's at least the possibility the court could uh, sort of navigate the, the street and find a way to deal with this case without uh, necessarily dividing along ideological lines.
1: Explain the different scenarios and how will, what scenario will know which justices voted which way.
0: Well, uh, you know, the justices uh, don't necessarily have to say that they're dissenting from anything. So if, for example, the court votes five to four on the stay applications and then the four dissenting justices decide we want to make that public, then we would know it's five to four and we would be able to figure out which justices are on which side. But it's also possible that, say, only a couple justices would publicly say that they are dissenting. And if that's the case, we may not know the entire breakdown of the court. We may only know that there are two justices who chose to go public with their dissent. And it's also possible that uh, nobody will note a public dissent, and we won't actually know what the, the vote was in private.
1: How often do justices make a public dissent?
0: Well, generally not, and, and, and they're especially unlikely to do it if, say, they were to agree, the, agree to hear the appeal. You never see anybody dissenting from that. With a stay application or uh, an order that says we're not going to hear the appeal, generally they don't uh, uh, say anything. They don't note dissent, uh, but it happens uh, you know, fairly frequently, and in a big case like this, it, it is certainly possible.
1: So are all you Supreme Court reporters gathered together in in the offices and afraid to leave because something may come down, or will they give you notice?
0: No, that's that, that's pretty much exactly what we're doing here. <laughs> you know, we, we check with the people in the public information office before we have to go to the restroom to make sure an order is not coming in the next thirty seconds. Um, yeah, we're really we're at the point the court could act at any time. They could act today. They could wait until next week, and probably uh you know, when it happens, is going to be a function of whether they—this is something where people have written big, big decisions, either dissenting or agreeing with, with how the court handled the case.
1: So what's left for the rest of the term?
0: <laughs> well, that's, I mean, we've just been talking about the biggest thing that, that people are waiting for. But there are some interesting cases. There is an important church-state case that involves— uh, playground, uh, Funding for playground surfaces in Missouri. The question is whether Missouri violated co- the Constitution by saying we uh, categorically exclude churches from this program of funding playground surfaces. There's a case involving this very interesting case involving a cross-border shooting where a Mexican teenager was shot, shot from across the U.S. border by a U.S. Border Patrol agent. The parents are trying to sue uh, the agent here in uh, here in U.S. court. Um, it's possible certainly with the border shooting case, that the court won't actually decide that case. It was, it was argued before Neil Gorsuch joined the court. So it could be that they have to re-argue it next term, term uh, with Neil Gorsuch casting what could be the deciding vote in that case.
1: So basically, it's it's the cases that we're interested in, that they wait till the last minute on every year.
0: It, it, it does tend to be that way. Uh, you know, we don't have the blockbusters. We don't have the health care of the gay marriage like we've had in in, in previous years. Uh, but, yes, it does tend to be the ones that they're having the most difficulty deciding uh, that, that end up being the ones they decide to decide during the last week.
1: Well, we know we'll hear from you first as soon as it happens. That's Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter and my co-host, Greg Store. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson.